0: Welcome to the Finding Refuge podcast. My name is Michelle Cassandra Johnson, and I am so glad you're here. This podcast emerged from work based in the exploration of collective grief and liberation. It exists to remind us about all the ways we can find refuge during unsettling and uncertain times. I'm so excited to bring you today's interview with my dear friend, Carla Michelle Caposetti Quintana. Carla is a medicine maker, sacred beekeeper, and earth steward. She's a student of many things, including sustainable agriculture, community food systems, yoga and Ayurveda, Western herbalism, poetry, feminine form frame drumming, dreaming, anti racism and decolonization, alternative economies, bee mysticism. Permaculture and priestess arts. Carla's roots rise from the island of Borique, colonially known as Puerto Rico. She currently resides in Central Florida on stolen and occupied Timucu and Seminole territory with her parents, grandparents, and younger brother on their five-acre intergenerational land project, Apis Atabe. Apis a Tebe is an ancestral food forest bee sanctuary and apothecary garden dedicated to birthing a healed earth for all beings. In less than a year, her and her family have incorporated 50 plus varieties of edible and medicinal fruit trees, vegetable crops, herbs, and flowers. Carla envisions Apis Atabe growing to include volunteer workdays and residential work exchange, produce and herb subscriptions community dinners, and educational workshops. Enjoy this amazing interview with Carla Michelle Capacetti. Hi, Carla.
1: Hi, Michelle Cassandra. I love you so much.
0: (laughs) I love you too. It's good to be here with you. Thank you for saying yes to being a guest on the Finding Refuge podcast.
1: Absolutely. It was such a, such an honor and I'm so privileged to be here with you and to just be your friend in general. So, yeah.
0: I know. I know. I love you. So I would love it if you would tell folks who you are, what you do in the world. I know you do many things. So however you would describe your work or your practice in the world.
1: Mm, Thank you. Well, my name is Carla Michelle Capacetti Quintana, and I have many more names after that. But my current work in the world is tending to land in Central Florida, which is Timucua and Seminole ancestral lands. And yeah, I am here with my parents, my little brother, and my grandparents, my dad's parents, and we are tending five acres of land and It's been a dream come true being here because I am an herbalist and a medicine maker and a bee tender and just an earth lover. And so being here on this land, I've really gotten to dig my hands into earth that I feel will be in the family for a long time. So planting those trees that might take eight years to fruit and knowing and trusting that our family will still be here feels really good. So we're in the process of establishing a food forest, a small treatment-free apiary, and also an apothecary garden for all of my medicinal concoctions. And that's one thing I'm kind of working on is building a little business around herbal medicine magic. And something else I do, which takes up about 30 hours a week is I work for Banyan Botanicals, an Ayurvedic supplement company. And I am currently in customer service and have been for about two years. I took a little break after leaving Oregon and coming to Florida, but with COVID, they needed some extra hands and everyone was already working remote. So they called me back. Mm -hmm. And that's been a really beautiful blessing. And recently, in the last few months, with everything that's happening in the world and everyone starting, well, a lot of people starting to wake up a little bit further, I'm starting to support the company with diversity, equity, and inclusion work. Feels really big and really long term and really a slow process. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so doing a little bit of everything. (laughs) So earth tending, bee tending, people tending, family tending, self tending, all the tending.
0: (laughs) Tending all the things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you're doing a lot. And all of what you just named has to do with healing, right? It's tending and healing. Mm -hmm. And some folks have heard me talk about the two bee hives that I have here. And just so y'all know, people listening, Carla, I call Carla every time I want to know something about the bees. And so I would love for you to share about tending the bees and just your journey into beekeeping.
1: Thank you. Yeah, I love this question because it goes way back further than I even really realized until a few years ago. But I have an aunt who is my mom's cousin, is married to my dad's brother, and is also my godmother, goddess mother. So she's my aunt three times. And three is definitely a sacred bee number. And she was a professional clown on the island Borique, colonially known as Puerto Rico. So her professional clown name was Honey Bee. And I just remember loving her and her name. And anytime she dressed up, like I wanted to wear her wig and I wanted to wear her wings and just dress up like a little honeybee. And so that was like way back when I was like 10 years old. And then actually working with the honeybees started when I was working at a community garden in Chapel Hill, my junior year of college, kind of the summer between sophomore and junior. I started working at a community garden called Hope Gardens. And it was homeless outreach, poverty eradication, and we were really just trying to create a space for people in the community who were houseless and who didn't have community, a place for them to find refuge really yeah. and to be able to work with the earth and work with the plants and go pick tomatoes and go pick okra and green beans and peppers and there was a nest of bees there that a local beekeeper had brought in and I was really intrigued by them and He only kept them there for a season. So it was a very short kind of introduction. And then after college, I worked at a farm in Hillsborough and they had like four nests. And I was just like straight to the bees. Who are these beings? What are they about? And one of the interns who was there with me had interned at an actual like apiary beekeeper farm in New Jersey. So he knew a lot and he taught me a lot. And then I took standard Orange County Beekeepers Association program. It was like eight weeks. And I met a really beautiful mentor there, Marty Hanks from Just Bee Apiary in Carborough. And he kind of took me under his wing and showed me kind of an alternative way of relating to the bees in a way that is more bee-centric and not just like, let's put them up in a box and like. You know, open them up and manipulate them every which way. But what are their needs, and what does it mean to care for the bees in a way that's not about the humans and more about the bees? So I spent like two years apprenticing with him, and then finally got my first bee nest. And they died within like two months of me having them. Oh, maybe not two months, a couple months. By the fall, they had gone and. That was a really sad experience because I felt like I had like all this training and I was so ready. But then when I actually came face to face with my own nest that I had to care for, I was so scared. I was like covered from head to toe in like thick sweaters and thick jeans and my gloves and my veil and, you know, just super clumsy around them and just not confident in the relationship yet. And that next year after really grieving the bees, I got two bee nests and had an experience where I had to decide or I didn't have to decide, but I chose, I decided to combine the nests, which I don't remember if you did that as well. Mm-hmm. You no. Know? So yeah, I ended up combining the nests and in that experience, experience had a really powerful moment of like, holy moly, these beings are so magical. And as I'm killing one of the queens and combining the nests, all they're showing me right now is just pure love and pure compassion and pure like forgiveness in this moment. And Yeah, that whole year of working with the two bee nests, I had started like offering them altars and offering them flowers and just really kind of communing with them on a more spiritual basis, just naturally after having lost, you know, the bees to begin with, it felt like maybe there's just a different approach to this whole thing. And little by little, I gained more and more confidence and just experience And again, had to grieve the loss of the bees that I chose to combine the nest, which, you know, some people may not do that. Some people may choose to. I probably wouldn't anymore after all of my other bee experiences, but I'm glad that I did then. And from having that experience with the two bee nests, I ended up going through a pretty big breakup with my partner of a long time. And in that grieving process, found a book called The Shamanic Way of the Bee, which opened up a whole new world. Like I had already sort of intuitively been offering the altars and meditating with the bees and just like communing heart to heart, spirit to spirit. And through this shamanic way of the bee, it just expanded my worldview of how the bees are just supreme, superb, but like They're just amazing (laughs) super (laughs) beings that really are a channel between material and spirit through human and divine and they just weave between the worlds. And so I did a year long study in England with the Sacred Trust to just deepen my connection with the bees. And also I'm part of the College of the Melissa, which is an online program for working with the bees, both practically as well as spiritually. So Through the College of the Melissa, we learn about the biology of the bees and we learn about their life cycle and all the physical things about the bees. But then we also learn about how the bees have been just so revered through all of history as divine spiritual beings that can connect us to the greater powers and Yeah, so that's been my journey (laughs) Um, from community garden to now. And right now I only have one nest that I'm tending. I'm hoping to have a few more and if not actually like tend the honeybees in boxes because I have mixed feelings about whether or not I want to continue doing that. I really just want to make the space here a sanctuary for the bees. So I, <laughs> I went to a local plant shop the other day and spent a bunch of money. I was like, I need plant therapy. So I went and mm-hmm. bought a bunch of plants and all pollinator food. So yeah, there's so many ways to interact with the bees, whether you're tending to them in their nest or just working to create a more beautiful pollinator friendly world
0: yeah thank you for sharing your journey and just in listening I'm just thinking about how long you've been connected with the bees and I appreciate what you shared about the process of building a relationship with them and that it takes time, especially in a you know a, a culture that doesn't really dominant culture teach us to build a relationship with other sentient beings, right? But to be really focused on ourselves and we need the bees to survive. That's the thing. And they're also medicine too, what they bring forth, right? And what they offer. So I appreciate you just reminding us that it takes time to build a relationship and how valuable it is to do that. And that it's a spiritual journey, not just like a transaction, right? Where you have the bees and then you get what you need and they don't get what they need, but that you're, and I know this about you because you're a dear friend of mine, that you are often thinking about like, what do they need and how can I create a space that's more sacred for them? Because you also know that will feed you too. I mean, that there's reciprocity there.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Everything that they create is beauty and is medicine. Like you said, everything that comes from the nest is for them, but they often make, you know, a lot and are willing to share oftentimes and the relationship that humans and bees have developed for the last 10,000 or more years is really you know the journey is beautiful and there's also parts of that whole journey that are dominant culture led and so there are ugly parts of it too and yeah i mean my vision and my goal is to just be able to commune with them and to share their magic with people as well so that People are scared of bees so often because they're flying, stinging insects, but even their venom is so intelligent and even their venom is medicine. And often the bees will sting you exactly where you need to be stung. So yeah, just really wanting to invite people to have a relationship with them.
0: Yeah, I am thinking about relationship and just the moment we're in right now in the middle of a pandemic and all of the things going on in the world that are persisting harm. And I'm curious to know what you think, how the bees are relating to this moment in this world, right? At this time, knowing that they're connected to spiritual realm too, like there's no way to make sense of this moment. And I'm wondering what they would say about it, like what they are communicating about it.
1: That's a beautiful question. Mm, One of my practices is definitely working with the bee and connecting with that spirit to receive oracular messages. And a lot of what the bee comes through as is the divine mother that holds us, that heals us, that births us, and that consumes us. She gives life and she also receives life. And without that receptivity, without that consumption of life, she cannot give. And so I feel like right now with everything happening, there's this big process of decomposition. There's a big process of death. And it's really hard to say that word because it's so real for so many people, especially black and brown people. But in the context of the systems and the way the world is structured right now, (laughs) I feel like there's a lot of crumbling and a lot of deterioration and a lot of things that need to die so that Divine Mother can really consume it, transform it, and something new can be birthed. And I don't even like saying... The new world or the new earth, because that feels colonizer as well. So really, so that the divine mother can heal it, so she can heal it and rebirth it. And yeah, I think the bees, they're also kind of an indicator species where, and not just the honeybees, but all pollinators, you know, they're telling us in so many ways that the earth itself is changing And that we need to really rethink the way that we relate to nature and relate to the grass underneath our feet and relate to the trees and relate to the air that we breathe. And yeah, I think the bees are really asking us to pay attention to even the tiniest aspects of who we are. And also the bees are just a beautiful metaphor for shadow work as well because the bees literally spend most of their life in the dark they spend most of their life in the darkness of the hive and they come out when they're first born to kind of orient themselves they get that buzz of sunlight and then they go back in for like four to six weeks before they finally become the forager bees that go out to the flowers and spend most of their time outside and so when you think about like going out, being charged with sunlight, and then bringing that into the dark, and then coming into the nest with the nectar, the sweetness of life, and letting that alchemize in the dark, it heals as it's just so beautiful. And then to know that what that what they're creating, that honey, that pollen, that wax, all of it is medicine for our bodies and for the earth as well. So the bees have a lot to say. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Thank you for that question.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. The other day I had a screen bottom board on one of the hives and it's getting very cold at night. So I needed to change the bottom board and I had to do it on my own. I have two hives, as you know, this was not with sting. This was with infinity, which they have very different personalities. And you know, the bottom box was full of honey and brood and it was heavy. And so I had to take it off and turn it on its side just for like a moment while I could switch out. And then I had to pick it up and put it back on. And when I did that, I saw all of these bees in the brood box and they were clearly, cause honey was on either side of where they were. They were clearly like wrapped around the brood and the babies. And I was like, I'm sorry, the world's upside down and I don't mean to turn you upside down, but this is kind of what's happening. And it's only for a second, I'm going to put you back. I don't want to put you on the ground. And I was just struck, and I know this, right? But I was struck by how they just like held on to the brood and the nest and to one another. Like they were just committed to that in that moment. And it was the heart of the hive. It did also look like that and feel like that. And it just made me think about, each bee is an extension of the hive, but like always doing things for the survival of the hive, right? Not just for their own individual survival. So, which is, I think, such a clear message around what we need to be doing right now, which I say all the time, but the bees, I think honeybees are such a good teacher just because of how they live as a hive, right? And just how they operate. And so it was really beautiful to see that representation and Yeah. So I appreciate what you named about their their messages, too.
1: Thank you. Yeah. The collective and the community of bees and how they all tend and care for each other. Yeah. And it's just perfect. They really are. In the College of the Melissa, we discuss them as the super organism. So they're a whole individual, they're a whole nest, and then they're part of this whole grandmother earth that we live on. And yeah, they really do represent a beautiful metaphor, and not even metaphor, like they actually live it, they are it. Representation of community care and community support. When you were talking about how they are all hanging on to each other, I love just thinking about bee yoga and how when they're like... Mm -hmm stretching across the hive to hold
0: on to each other. It's just so sweet. Mm-hmm. It is really beautiful and, and amazing just how their intelligence comes through, right? Again, to benefit the survival of the hive and what the hive needs. I'm curious to know if you could share some about, because when I first got two hives, knows, my mother was sick and you were like, oh, bees are in the spirit realm, right? And they help people transition, And so I just wonder, because I know some people may not know as much as we do, which I don't know much at all about honeybees, but as much as we do about honeybees, if you could share some about them being in two different realms or messengers, and what you named specifically was about helping people transition or connecting with people on the other side who have transitioned. Mm
1: -hmm. Thank you. I love that one of your nests is infinity, because that is the symbolic representation of the two realms and then also that center point of being. So as I mentioned that they spend most of their time in the dark and then they go out into the light. That's, you know, one representation of the infinity lemniscate as well. And so that's kind of the idea around them being psychopomps, which means that they are Those messengers, those guides between the realms, they transition, they go into the dark, they come out into the light. And so as human beings, we do that as well. We are like a spark of life in that moment of conception. And then we spend nine months in the darkness of our mother's womb. And then we come out into the light. And in Spanish, we say, when we're giving birth, we say we're giving light. And so it's coming into the light. And then we also transition back into the darkness at our time of death. And so the bees, the way they resonate, the sound frequencies they have a whole scale of different vibrations and sounds that they make and they communicate. And so when we're thinking about being on different levels of consciousness, different levels of existence, the bees, they are that representation as well. Like they really show that we can heal through sound, through frequency. We can heal by being in the dark. We can heal by being in the light. We can heal by being in that in-between space. And maybe the in-between space is life and maybe the in-between space is death and maybe the in-between space is something that's beyond both of those realities. And so another way that the infinity symbol is one of their like motifs is that the way they fly, they fly when they're coming towards the hive, they fly like a serpent. They fly like they're just weaving back and forth and back and forth. And so that's another way that we can, begin to embody that in-between place and that to and fro is just by finding our center and swaying and moving like the bee. And I personally haven't had an experience where I've been close to a loved one who has passed. So, you know, I don't have that firsthand experience of calling on the bees specifically for that stage of life. But I do believe that anyone can call on the bees for support. And one way, like last night, when I found out about Brianna Taylor's verdict, I was just like, I don't know what to do right now. And I picked up my drum and I haven't picked up my drum, which I have six of them. Mm-hmm. I haven't picked up a drum to actually like let it play me in months. And I picked up the drum. I just like touched it and let whatever rhythm come through. And for me, the drum is also a sacred object that is related to the honeybee and to the priestesses of all... Religions and all time periods of human existence that worked with the sacred drum to create that portal of vibration, that portal of altered consciousness to be able to reach into the depths of ourselves and into the depths of great spirit. And so I called on the bees last night and I was like, What do I do? And they pick up the drum. And I think I drummed for like 45 minutes, the same like five beats for 45 minutes, just breathing through it, moving through it, feeling the, the vibration, feeling just all of the emotions that were coming up and feeling it in my body too. And yeah, so the bees as psychopomps, the bees as messengers, the bees as just living ancestors, really, they've been here for so long, so, so long. And they have so much yet to teach us. And yeah, I do hope that more and more folks can get inspired either by this conversation or by some other way to connect with the bees for healing.
0: Yeah, you just um, mentioned last night and the drum and asking the bees for support or like what to do and then listening. And I know that from just knowing you and how you just described the drum and letting it play you, that shifting vibration in that way is probably one of the ways that you heal, right, and find refuge. And I'm wondering if there are other, and obviously the bees, but if there are other things that right now, given all that is going on that you're doing to find refuge, that you're doing to take care of yourself, if you could share some of those things with the listeners.
1: Thank you so many things. There's just a whole toolbox. And sometimes some tools are used more often. But I would say, I was meditating on this question the other day, knowing that we were going to have this conversation. And like, really, the plants are another way that I find refuge. And Even before moving out to this land with my family, I love learning about herbs and learning about their properties and ingesting them and putting them on my body. And I feel like the herbs have been really speaking to me in ways that I just want to like make medicine and share it. (laughs) I just want to share Mm -hmm. it. And that was one thing that definitely brought me refuge in the last few months is just Making a bunch of medicine, making crafts, making, you know, jewelry and just sending care packages to some of my best friends, including you Mm -hmm. and several other people. And just really like extending that care to others brings me refuge in some way, especially when it's things that I've made with my own hands and that I've really put my heart and intention into. I would say another thing that is bringing me refuge is just I've been reading a lot more these last few months, which feels good because I have a whole bookshelf full of books and been a long time since I've actually given myself time and permission to just like read Read for fun, read for education, read for healing, and so that's been that's been a really important one. I try to read a couple times a week and just like melt into the book. <laughs> and yeah, those two things really bees the herb. And then reading has been really helpful. And also just connecting with my friends, especially my sister friends right now. Like we need each other so much and having real connections with people, whether it's one-on-one conversations or group calls, sister circles, that's been a way for me to really just like be completely open and vulnerable. And it's usually in those moments where I actually find the strength to cry. Because when I'm by myself lately, it's just been really hard to cry. (laughs) But when I am held in a circle of support, of community, of compassion, of, you know, like we're all going through something as well. It's just like, okay, I feel safe enough to cry now. And that crying is so cleansing and so healing and so powerful and can really shift, shift a lot within, within my, my body. But some other things that I know bring me refuge, but I may not be doing them as often is dance. I love mm-hmm. dancing. Actually, I've been practicing pranayama a lot more in the last like two weeks. Every morning, I've been working with Dr. Ladd's pranayama video. And then yesterday, we got a surprise visit from Dr. Ladd at Banyan, oh. and it I know, it was super surprise like oh, I've been watching your videos for two weeks. And then boom, here you are live on Zoom sharing your immense wisdom with us. So that felt like a a sweet little treat and like a little, you do the work, you get rewarded. (laughs) Right, magic. (laughs) Yeah, those are some things.
0: Yeah, there's a a lot in what you named and and around how you're finding refuge. And one thing that I think made me curious is about feeling safe enough in a group to cry because you said you feel held versus like on your own, not necessarily making space to do that. And I don't know if it's similar, but I am having like a... There's definitely too much to process. That's what is going on for me. And so news will come in and I'll be like, I can't process this information. I'm aware that it happened and I'm present to it. And yet there's no more room. At times it feels like there's no more room for this to go in to process. And so that's what it made me think of like on our own, what we do versus like in community and also just the moment and how much is coming at us. Mm -hmm. Amidst like many of us sheltering in place, right, and feeling more isolated, which I think is why community feels probably so important to folks and people are trying to figure out how to connect. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's why, you know, when you're held, you can release and experience the medicine that you name that tears are. But yeah, it made me think about just how much we're being tasked with around what we need to integrate and digest and compost. We sort of mentioned decomposition earlier. So yeah.
1: Thank you for reflecting that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm curious about it because what I'm aware of is that our collective psyche is shifting right now based on what's going on. And I wonder how that will change how we emote. I think that is what I'm curious about and how we connect. And that might be why it made me be like, what is that? Like, what is the difference? Even though I know being held is different than holding yourself right in those moments or allowing yourself to be held. So I think I have two more questions. And one is, you know, I asked you what the bees would say about this time. And I'm curious what you would say, because I don't think we can make meaning of what's happening. And yet many of us are having to, to figure out how we want to respond to what's happening. So I'm curious, how are you making meaning of this moment and what messages will come through you? And they may be connected to the bees, but or your ancestors or the earth, right? Around what's happening right now.
1: I'm personally working on understanding my anger. And even just the word anger makes me want to cry. (laughs) Just yesterday, I got Lama Rod Owen's Love and Rage book. And because I'd been wanting to, to get it, but I saw him on Instagram the other day, and he was like, we need to learn to grieve the small things. And when he said it, I was just like, damn, he's so right. Like, I ignore so many small things because it's not worthy of emotion. It's not worthy of my time. It's not worthy of giving it space. And I was like, okay, it's time. I got to I got to get his book. And then as I was holding it and also receiving the information about Brianna Taylor's verdict, I was just like, I'm so freaking mad right now. Like I'm just so mad. And I know that that anger is more than just what's happening now. But it has such a deep root to what has been happening for so long. So I'm working on understanding my rage, especially as sheltering in place. I'm living with my family. I came here knowing that there was going to be family like dynamics that were going to be changing me and changing them and changing the whole thing. And as a person of Latin, Hispanic descent, it's a, an interesting intersection to personally not have experienced a lot of the things that my parents and, parents and their parents and their parents and their parents and their parents have experienced but then seeing others who i love experiencing it and being so enraged and so angry and feeling kind of stuck as to like what the hell? how the heck do i do i manage this how do i move through it how do i act in it so i think i don't know if i'm answering your question but really looking at the intersection of love and and anger and then once hopefully i get a little grasp on that being able to just like move through the world offering my gifts as much as i can because i know i have gifts i know that we mm-hmm. all come to the world with magic and with gifts and with beauty to offer and not letting my anger get in the way of that and i think it has for a long time and so What I would say about all the things that are happening right now is just like, let's learn to grieve. Let's learn to be angry in a productive way, be angry in a healing way. Let's learn to come together to really just heal. Like you said at the beginning, all the things that I'm interested in and that I love are related to healing and healing ourselves and our lineage and that root, everybody's root goes back to the earth. And so also healing the earth and tending to her tending to it in as many ways as we can.
0: So Mm
1: -hmm. I don't know if I answered your question, but that's what came through.
0: Thank you for what you just named about grieving and anger and love. And I've been really sitting with this teaching from the Bhagavad Gita. And it's the part of the Bhagavad Gita where Krishna is telling the warrior Arjuna, where he's a spiritual being and he's also living a worldly life. That's what Krishna says. And he basically says, if we're always in spirit as if we're not living a worldly life, right? If we think we can transcend the worldly life, then we're not living into our purpose. Mm-hmm. And if we're so rooted in the human body, right? And limited by the human body, we forget we're spirit. And I've, I've been like coming back to this teaching so much over the last few weeks because it resonates so deeply And I listened to your answer about what the bees would say and what you said, and it made me think about that, like the spiritual realm, right? And then the body realm of like, I'm in a body and this is going on and I'm having emotions, which makes sense, obviously, in response to what's going on. And it struck me, I was like, oh, you're speaking to that, like both parts of it that I believe we are, like we are divine beings and connected with spirit and from spirit and in bodies, you know living lives during a really tumultuous time and what you named about lineage like our collective lineage i always say this if we don't look at that and sort of process where we're from then we'll continue to repeat patterns which i think will build trauma and anger and i'm not, angers i think a like healthy emotion to have And what you named is like, I don't want it to be in the way of me actually living into what I'm meant to do or the medicine that I can bring forth. So.
1: Thank you. That's yeah. Wow. That's really beautiful teaching. And I think the bees are that same representation too of They're both spirit and body and the power of the collective, of the super being, the one being, Mm -hmm. and not just the one nest, but all of the bees all over the world, which they're pretty much all over the world, they are, they're all in this like connected web of frequency, you know, and so are humans. And so, ah, yeah, I pray for healing, I pray for groundedness, and I pray
0: for lightness and all the things, (laughs) Mm -hmm. all the things will uplift your prayers. Mm -hmm. So my final question is, is there anything that you want to share about how people can connect with you, how they can find your medicine or anything that's coming up that you want folks to know about?
1: Thank you. I'm currently rebuilding my website. I spent several months on it in the springtime and then The world shifted, and I was like, This is not aligned right now. So I'm redoing the whole thing, but it will be live soon. It'll be hopefully a visually soothing place to look at on the internet with just a little information about the food forest that we're building here and bees and then a botanica. So hopefully I'll get all of my herbal concoctions listed here in the next few months. But you can find me on Instagram at apis, atabey, A-P-I-S underscore A-T-A-B-E-Y. And Atabe is the mother goddess of the Taíno tradition, the Caribbean cosmovision of all the things. So, I have not posted on Instagram in months because I don't really have, <laughs> I don't really have much to say right now. I'm I'm still in the like taking things in, processing, and and working on myself. But I I'm hoping to get it up and running maybe soon, maybe not. So. Currently, you can find me by reaching out to Michelle and she'll send you my contact information.
0: <laughs> we'll have your Instagram account in the show notes so people can find you that way. Yeah, I recommend following Carla. When your website's set up, I invite folks to look at that and receive some of the medicine that Carla has to offer us. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for all of the medicine you offer today and for spending time with me and just being in this process. Mm. Yeah. And I, I appreciate you and who you are and how you show up in the world and, and all of the gifts that you embody and share with people. And I love you dearly. And thanks for being here.
1: Thank you, sister. I appreciate you and all of the space that you hold for me in your life and for the bees and for just all of the beings that you are constantly uplifting. And And I'm really grateful to be in your life. Thank you for having me today.
0: <laughs> Thank you. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen You can support Finding Refuge by rating it on iTunes and by sharing it with friends and beloveds. You can support my work, the work of Skill in Action, Creating Justice in the World, by becoming a patron on Patreon. Visit my page there. It is Skill in Action. I hope you take care of yourself and that we take care of one another. Be well, friends.